Welcome to the Developer Podcast with your host and fellow developer, John Paul Hayes. Thanks very much, Gavin, for uh, joining me on the Developer Podcast. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourselves to the other developers that may be listening to this, please. Sure. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so my name is Gavin. I run a Shopify Plus agency called Disco down here in Melbourne, Australia, which is sunny Melbourne, Australia at the moment. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we focus on building custom apps for um, for Shopify merchants. Um, I've been involved in Shopify for quite some time um, and uh, yeah, been involved in, in the community one way or another um, over the last seven years, I think it is now. And how did you get into it originally? Um, well, I'm a I'm a software engineer by trade. Um, so I, I studied software engineering at uni as well as law. Um, I dodged being a lawyer, uh, but I was working at a, at a startup here in Melbourne for a little while, and then um, a couple of friends and I decided at one stage to start a startup, uh, start a business. We moved over to New York, which is definitely not the cheapest place to try and do that. Um, and we we were just uh, trying to trying to get a business going over there that didn't work out, out very well. And at the end of that, I needed to to earn some money, so I um, I decided to start a bit of freelancing work um, in in the software world. And my first client happened to be um, using using Shopify. So that was probably about uh, four years ago now, I think. Um, yeah, so they, they were using Shopify, which I'd, I'd played around with a little bit before, but that was the first time I was doing it sort of full-time freelance, really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, it just sort of grew from there. I found it a really easy platform to work with. It was still kind of in that exciting new ex- exploration stage, um, so I started yeah doing writing a few blog posts about the sort of stuff we were doing, um, and that got picked up on, um, and, and um, yeah, just started sharing thoughts and ideas about developing with the platform. Um, other people met, met some other people doing that and just started finding more and more clients. Um, so yeah, that was uh, kind of the way that I, I grew into it. Um, and then about two two years ago, I started getting more and more interested in the, the app part of Shopify. So um, the, 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 the custom development and things like that. Um, and then um, probably about a year ago, uh, I started to go grow from just being a, a freelancer to having a bit of a team um, and uh, hired our first employee about a year ago and, and now we're up to, to seven people. Seven, wow, that's that's fairly explosive growth, one to seven. <laughs> uh, it, feels, it feels that way. It both feels, uh, sometimes it feels incredibly quick and sometimes it feels like, uh, yeah, a month takes a year, but um, that's just the way it goes, I think, when you're, when you're running your own business. That's it. And are your clients mainly based in Australia? Yeah, we have we have a bit of a mix. Um, I'd actually say probably about fifty percent of our clients are in the US at the moment. Um, we we do have quite a number, a growing number here in Australia. It's definitely um, sort of the APAC region is a fast growth area for for Shopify merchants at the moment, especially um, Shopify Plus merchants, which is t- um, who we we tend to do the most work with. Um, but yeah, we and then we have a smattering of, of clients from different places around around the world. Um, for 
sort of three out of the past four years or so, I was actually living over in, in Europe, in, in Sweden. So while I was over there, we sort of tended to pick up more international clients. But now that I'm based back here in Melbourne, I'm um, uh, we're seeing, starting to see more Australian people come on board. Great, great. Um, and in terms of programming language that your, your company uses, it's Disco Labs. Um, do you use Ruby? Is that correct? Yes, yes. We're a. Um, excuse me, I just uh, swallowed some water the wrong way there. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very professional. <laughs> um, yes, we're we're a Ruby shop. Um, my background as a developer is actually uh, with PHP from from way back. PHP five point two was where I cut my teeth, yeah. um, and then I, I moved to Django for a while. So there's still up on our GitHub repository. There's still a few libraries that we built for for. Um, Shopify development with Django, but when it came time to starting to, to build out a team, uh, it seemed like Ruby on Rails was a good choice for that. Not only because, and Shopify itself is is a Ruby on Rails app. I believe it's the the biggest Ruby on Rails app and biggest Ruby on Rails deployment in the world. Um, so a lot of the a lot of their developers, a lot of their developer resources tend to focus on Ruby and Ruby on Rails because it's what they know internally um so that was obviously one thing that was appealing and then it's also just a matter of um the sorts of developers we we're looking for i think um ruby on rails is often a a, a good choice or a common choice for people when they're um doing a coding boot camp or starting out as as a junior web developer so we sort of figured that um it'd be it'd be a good um way to pick up and find people with the skills um, that sort of backfired a little bit on us because where we are in Melbourne, we have uh, four major companies that are all Ruby on Rails shops. Um, some you probably will have heard of, some you won't. So Zendesk, yeah. Um, yeah. Envato, who uh, builds Theme Forest and things like that, and a couple of other Australian companies are here based in Melbourne, and they sort of suck up all the Ruby oh, on Rails no. talent. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a bit... It's a bit tough sometimes, but um, I mean, we've we've managed to find a really really great team. So, um, I you know you can do it if you if you hunt around. Yeah, absolutely, and you got to get creative as well about how you um, uh, recruit. It's definitely a tough challenge. I know the feeling here in Dublin. Um, there's, I think, every company is trying to hire developers um, at some point. So it, the market's really kind of it's good for developers. Um, mm. And do you think? It was a good choice to go at Ruby. Like, you went from PHP, obviously, you say, okay, that'll get you so far, and then Django, and then Ruby. So, personally, we use um, uh, Django here ourselves. Um, tra traditionally, use Flask, but we moved to Django as it's a bit more kind of, uh, bit more available to us in terms of libraries and stuff like that. Um, we have the Ruby skills, but we haven't seen a compelling reason just yet to. To move to it you know and so i was just wondering is there any distinct advantage apart from the fact yeah. that shopify is built on Ruby? yeah no no i mean i i um i have quite a few blog posts out there about um app development um and there's a very slow progress progressing course on application development that's that's being worked on um but as a result of that i get quite a lot of email from people who are interested in starting app development in shopify and a lot of the people will be coming from a python or a php or a java background and one of the first questions they ask is do i need to learn ruby for shopify app development 
Uh, and I would say no. Like, it, it, there's no point trying to learn two things at once if you're going to be um, learning the Shopify API at the same time that you're learning a whole brand new programming language. That's just going to slow you down and frustrate you. Um, there's no the Shopify API. It's an HTTP um, API, so it, every language is able to talk to it pretty much. Um, and it's more about what you're comfortable with and what you think you can you can build with. Um, the, the the change to Ruby for me was it was more of a business decision I think than it was necessarily a technical superiority decision or anything like that. Um, there are some nice things that you get with Ruby. I think having that the fact that a lot of the documentation is written almost for you um, is handy. And also with the release of features like Shopify scripts um, for Shopify, which is um, a scripting language written based in Ruby, but it's really, Python is very similar to Ruby. um, And a lot of, you know, if if you've got the skills in a particular language, um, I'd say just focus on your strengths and leverage that instead of stressing about learning a whole new language. Yeah, I concur with that completely. And um, when you started out with your first gig, was it an app gig or were you doing a template just kind of building out a shop? Yeah, well, the, the very first um, bits and pieces that I was doing uh, sort of seven, seven years ago, I think it might be eight years ago now, that's scary, um, was <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah, front end sort of stuff. So theme, theme development, um, building building front ends for uh, friends' shops. Um, I had my own store for a little while and that was mostly just working on the on the front end. Um, but the, the client that I mentioned that we started working with about four years ago or so, who's still a client actually, um, uh, that was a, an app development project. Um, so they needed a, uh, a completely custom order management system um, and they wanted to hook it into Shopify. So, um, yeah, that, that was a, an app. There were two, two apps, actually, one that we built completely from scratch um, in, and one that we built off their existing system. Um, and that existing system was a Django system, which was why that sort of initial work was done in, in Django. Oh, I see, I see. And would you say it's good advice then to budding app developers to get their own store and try to sell um, some products so they can understand the platform uh, can I, uh, from the merchant's point of view and the problems that they might encounter? I think definitely going to the effort of setting up a store and and going through the process and having an idea of how you might sell something is, is super valuable. Um, if nothing more, to just sort of get you across the concepts that operate in the Shopify domain. There are definitely some things that are different to um, to, to other e-commerce platforms. Um, there's definitely plenty of quirks in Shopify. So the more that you spend time from the merchant perspective, the better you'll have an understanding of how collections relate to products and how the blog posts work and all that sort of stuff, which is super useful. Um, I think uh, certainly... Setting, setting up a store and, and selling a couple of things is it's not that it's only very easy with Shopify um, if, if you're trying to make a go of it and make it a business that is a pretty big um, time commitment and investment so I wouldn't say you have to try and make it big as a merchant before you can become a, a de- developer yeah. but certainly setting up a store and having an idea of what's involved in that is I mean it's critical um, even yeah. if it's working closely with a merchant who's just starting out I guess you get that experience as well um but yeah it is definitely important to have platform knowledge before you dive in and start building apps for it yeah agreed so um this first client then and 
uh, you, you had a front end gig and then the requirement for a back end uh, app. So was there a distinct choice in your mind that you could go with the front end and say, okay, I know how to do this? Or was it more technically interesting to you to de develop apps and then see the business opportunity in that? Uh, what led you down the app route? I think having the background as a software engineer, um, I think my interest is, has often been more towards the back end. I, I'm certainly very interested in, in front end stuff um, as well. And we do still do, at the end of the day, our apps still need a user interface for people to work with. We, we find ourselves still building um, product customizers and, and things that require some quite complex custom user interface. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the, the backend has always been where the, the interest for me has been. And I think also the, the more that we work with larger merchants, um, the, the bigger the problems that we can solve are, um, with, with the backend sort of things. So when we start looking at, um, building out completely new features that, that go beyond what Shopify can offer out of the box, which is really sort of how we pitch ourselves to, to clients. In order to do that, you need to be working on, on the back end. Um, there's, um, to extend the platform, you need to have those, those back end skills. Um, you can get very far with building custom stuff on the front end, but there are problems that you're just not gonna be able to solve without that app development experience and the, the scope of the problems you can solve and the impact it can have on biz businesses gets bigger and bigger, the, the more um, backend experience you have. Um, so when you start looking at projects where you're doing data analysis um, to identify opportunities for, for um, businesses um, or, or building out completely custom recurring order solutions that are tailored to exactly how a business works, all that sort of stuff um, for, for significantly, for businesses that are, that are doing significant amounts of, of revenue that can have a, a pretty big impact. So that's, um, that's pretty interesting and exciting, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the front-end development will get you so far, but you'll eventually encounter a situation where you do need that back-end skills. Um, and it certainly can, especially, like you said, there for the, the larger merchants to be able to add value mm. to the system for them and to yeah. know, tailor it for them uh, is massive. Yeah, and it's also, uh, there's also a bit of a, um, a competition aspect to it as well. Um, you know, I would doing front-end development really well is certainly a very ta uh, specific skill and um, one that's, that's certainly very valuable. But in terms of the number of agencies or, or freelancers that are working as Shopify partners, um, there's far fewer of them that have app development skills versus um, store setup or theme customization skills. Um, so if, you, if you're focused on that app development and, and from our perspective, we are just focused on that app development, it sort of does make you stand out a little bit more from the, from the crowd um, and let you be a bit more selective about the, the projects that you work on. Yes, agreed, agreed. Tell us a bit about your, your company and what apps you've developed, if there's any public ones that you can talk about. Yeah, um, so the vast majority of the work that we do, um, so uh, the company's Disco, I, I don't know if I, I mentioned that, discolabs.com, if you want to check us out. Um, but yeah, our, our focus is very much on, on custom app development. So we'll usually, usually be working with a single merchant who has a, a very specific requirement and the app that we build for them um, is tailored for them. We install it on just their stores. Um, 
and that's quite nice because we have a very specified problem domain so we understand exactly what's required we don't have to build stuff because oh someone else might need it further down the track um, and a lot of the time we don't have to worry too much about um, ridiculous levels of scale because um, we sort of have a good idea um, or even if the merchant's quite high volume we know what that volume is we we, we won't just suddenly get someone installing our app and having um, a flood of, of traffic on the, the app um, so that custom app work um, that probably comprises yeah 80% of, of what we do um, we also build um, apps that are integrations for other companies that might have uh, a third-party service so they have an external SaaS or software as a service offering and they want to build an integration to Shopify for that so we will often partner up with them and, and build a connector between their existing store uh, sorry their existing app and um, and Shopify so they can then sort of open up their market to those um, to Shopify merchants offer their existing customers something new um, and then also I guess because we have been around for a while in the in the Shopify partner community we can also as a sort of extra value add um, to, to these clients find good marketing sources or promote their their integrations um, and then the final thing we do we do have a couple of apps that we've released into the app store and they've all sort of come from client problems that we've seen happen again and again and sort of over time build up good patterns to deal with those problems and decided well this app is is getting to the stage where it's useful enough that we feel we can put it into the store um so we have we have three apps uh well we had three apps we sold one of them not too long ago um well done. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, it was it was very much a case of um, uh, it was a popular app, but it did deal with the um, the front end of the Shopify theme, which uh, I think as a I know we've got the bits of advice for app developers section later on in the podcast, but uh, I'd say up here up front, if you can build an app that that avoids touching a uh, a merchant's theme, I think that's a good route to go down. Um, primarily because as soon as someone installs your app and if it does anything on the front end of a theme then um, anything that goes wrong with the merchant's theme or store they will instantly blame your app and come to you for support with it um, so this particular app because it dealt with the front end of a theme we were doing all sorts of um, support for it and it became quite tiring which is why why we sold it um but then the the two that we have left uh we have one app called smart notifications which um is a a smart filtering app it lets you um the, the most common use case we have for it are, are merchants that um want some sort of a, a lightweight way of sending out emails to suppliers um so if someone purchases a particular product from their store they want to fire off an email um our app handles that with some nice filters it also does some things like being able to batch these notifications into a daily or weekly bundle uh, and also can send um shopify orders from one shopify store to another oh, um yeah and that, that very much came out of um having to build exactly that for a couple of clients and just seeing the pattern there and, and deciding it would be something that would be useful for for other people that's it. Um, there, was, um, there was an interesting question that came up in a Facebook developer group. Was that it's how do you get the ideas for your app? And I, I'm certainly seeing that a lot of people are solving problems for existing merchants 
and that's a fantastic way to see if there's a, a viability and maybe putting a, the solution public you know uh, because if one merchant has it the chances are another merchant will as well mm. I, th I think if you're serious about building uh, a Shopify app and selling it in the app store you really 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 before you you even think about doing that you really need to spend a bit of time working as a partner for merchants and understanding their their problems um, there there are there are so many apps in the Shopify app store that are really targeted at the low-hanging fruit um, things like email pop-up scripts or um, things that things that are almost trivial and the the level of noise in the store is is really um, really high mm -hmm. and not there are a lot of valuable problems that merchants have that aren't addressed that well that if you spend a little bit of time working with merchants you'll start to to pick up on them um and i think it's it's really difficult to just out of the blue come up with an idea that you think is going to to um resonate well with merchants yeah. if you haven't actually dealt with dealt with them agreed yeah i get the feeling that the the uh, the app store itself is it's in an interesting place at the minute because it's it's like uh, the Apple App Store in the early days. There's a lot of uh, triviality in there and people making money off of that. You know, like the fart app that was on the phones at <laughs> first. Um, and then you really, as, as it matures, you see the real solutions, the real high-end app development um, that goes on in it. Um, and mm. sometimes the price as well, um, that's reflected uh, too. Um, I, a previous person I had on the the um, Sergey from Asoft. He did a fantastic piece of research on the App Store as it stands, maybe a, a couple of months now old, but still very very relevant. And I link to that in the in the show notes as well. Um, so you really get the impression that it is maturing, and we'll see less and mm. less of those type of apps, um, or they'll become free um, at some point. And it'll be interesting to see how Shopify tackles that or fosters that growth and the maturity mm, yeah I, th I think um there have definitely over over the years there's been a call for more stringent quality control on the on the app store i mean if you and to some extent i agree with that if you look at the um if you look at the level of scrutiny that a theme goes through before it gets into the shopify theme store versus what happens with an app um, it's it's worlds apart, um, and I think there could be more done to, to cull some of the apps that are, offer no functionality or are just broken or or um, are programmed in a way such that they're, they're very unfriendly towards other apps um, or unfriendly towards performance and things like that. Um, but but at the end of the day, I think not many of those apps are around for very long. I don't think they're um, they are. Uh, they're not they're not the fart apps that are making people yeah. millions of dollars yeah, yeah. um yeah it's and i and you've we've definitely seen over the last year two years um there's certainly been a, a much bigger population of the more enterprise level apps especially as the shopify plus enterprise platform has grown there's been a lot more apps that have sort of been targeted towards those larger merchants that are coming onto the platform. Um, and so, you know, the apps that are 500, $1,000, $2,000 a month. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's actually a, a bit of a, an interesting middle ground in there somewhere that isn't really being properly um, taken. Um, you know, I mean, the, the two apps that we have left in the app store, one of them is um, 
the the smart notifications one that's priced at thirty nine dollars a month, um, which is I, I'd say uh, it's certainly above the five or ten dollar a month sort of apps, but it's um, it's solving a problem that sort of I'd say smaller to mid level merchants have. Um, and then the other app we have is um, seventy nine dollars a month, which, uh, but it's it's a Shopify Plus only app, so it's certainly it's targeted at apps who are sort of already paying two thousand dollars a month for the platform. Um, so it's not, it's it's quite reasonable relative to that. Um, but its its functionality means it's only really useful for for Shopify Plus merchants. I see. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think that's an interesting ground. That sort of range um, is is where um, you can get some a solid app with a solid following and um yeah there's, there's lots of interesting pricing stuff that you can do on the app store to do experiment yeah and, and and the beauty of it is that you're not locked into a pricing strategy as well it's you know you can you can uh, experiment if you don't find the uptake uh, good enough for you yeah, which i really like um, yeah definitely you mentioned before um you know you don't have with, with your apps in, in the custom app development you don't have the issue of scale and I wonder is that going to be an issue for some you know app developer out there that has developed a really really good app and the last thing they thought about was scale um, and I wonder, would you have any advice for those developers just in terms of scale how maybe to deal with it yeah, I mean, I think probably the first thing is to not stress about it too much until it becomes a problem for you. Um, it's a nice just, problem to have. <laughs> it, it is. It is usually a nice problem to have. Um, I think. I think a lot of it depends on what what scaling problems you're having. If the problems are because you have a lot of merchants installing your app and they're using it a lot. Um, then that's great generally as long as you are charging money for the app um, and charging enough to cover or more than cover the, the costs of um, running running your servers. I think where a lot of people would run into problems with um, with the scale issue is if their app has some sort of customer-facing component. So if every visitor that visits um, a store on one of your merchant's sites is hitting your app multiple times, um, like every visit, every page view, um, you're getting an API call to your app or multiple API calls to your app or every five seconds uh, an API call to your app, then that does lead to a scaling problem very, very quickly. And it also leads to a scaling problem that you you can't really predict or control. Um, so uh, one, of the, one of the first apps that we built to go into the app store on behalf of a, a client um, is a, it was an app called Credible. Which is sort of one of it was one of the very first pop-up notifications. So and so bought a um, bought this. So and so in this location bought mm-hmm. this. Um, so there's a there's a million of these apps now. But um, it's actually the um, uh, Dallin, the the client we built it for, um, posted a, an article on Medium that sort of went through the whole process of of scoping the app and building it with us. And it's um, I'll, I'll drop you a link for the show notes because yeah, um, it's quite a quite a good read. Um, but anyway, that, that app, the first version of that app, um, it was built in a way that every client, every customer that came to the front end of the store ended up sending, uh, multiple requests to our application. Um, and that wasn't a problem in the early days, but we had a period where it was, the, the app was, was featured, um, in the Shopify app store and it got installed by a couple of Shopify plus clients who were getting ridiculous traffic numbers and the app just fell over instantly. Um, 
Excellent. And that was more of a question. Yeah, it was more of a question of bad app design than throwing um, more servers at it. Yeah. Um, so what we did was was rewrote it to actually push almost all of the customer facing requests onto the Shopify CDN, and we're just updating the files on the Shopify CDN, um, and that instantly overnight fixed fixed the problem once we <laughs> once we deployed that. Um, so yeah, it's I, I think it's an architectural decision um thinking about what what would happen if um tomorrow kylie jenner installed this app would would you be in a whole world of hurt if so you might need to look at some architectural changes um but if it's a matter of you've got a pretty linear um increase as each merchant adds your um adds your app then you're probably in a pretty good place yeah agreed agreed and so when you were developing your two apps that you have there, uh, and we talked briefly there about pricing strategy, how did you get the word out about them? Was it uh, word of mouth? Did you blog? You, you mentioned that you do a lot of blog posts. Did you leverage the traffic from that? How did you go about it? Yeah, so um, marketing Shopify apps is always a really tricky question because everyone is always looking for a silver bullet, and there, there really aren't that many. Um, and I would also say that for, for us, um, you know, these these apps aren't our core business. So we yeah. we spend more time marketing ourselves as, as app developers than we do the, the apps themselves. Um, but the, the things that I've tended to find most useful have been just having a really solid um, way to sell or explain the app to other partners. Because it, I think while merchants, a lot of merchants will go through the app store and some merchants go through the app store and install every app that is there and then promptly uninstall it. Um, but the, the sort of clients that you want um, installing your app are probably getting a recommendation from their developer or their partner or something like that. So I think making it really easy on um, on fellow Shopify partners and developers is um, it, it's still something that not enough apps do. Um, and so the things you can do around that uh, are things like um, just making sure that it's absolutely free and there's, it's easy to install on a development store so that a, a developer can set it up and not have to go through the approval process. Um, having really clear documentation in terms of this is this is how you would do a, a, a couple of, or handle a couple of common scenarios for your app um, and make it quite, you can make it developer slash partner focused. Um, and then having a really clear explanation of what changes your app makes to a Shopify store. So if you're changing theme files, then make a list of those changes, explain how to customize it, um, make sure that all the, the code that it adds is performant and well-documented. Um, and I think developers will really, if, if a developers find that your app is really easy to work with, they have no problems, has it, um, recommending it to their clients. Um, so I, I think that's a really important um, piece. Um, I think that's more useful than running an AdWords campaign or um, trying to, yeah, trying to get involved get involved in a or listed in a top 10 Shopify apps to, yeah. to install in your app store and that sort of stuff because there is so much of that stuff. And at the end of the day, if, if, if you're focused on making your products good and easy to use, um, especially with a subscription model like Shopify apps, um, you know, you, you need to have people sticking around for, for 12 months or more to, to make money off them. So yeah. 
um, the only way you'll do that is by having a good product that actually solves a problem. Um, so it's a boring answer, really. <laughs> make no, it, make a good product. And, um, I was just thinking yeah, there recently, yeah. we did a, a rebuild of a, a client's um, Shopify theme. And part of that was uh, we have a development store and the live store and being able to, you know, select. So the client selected a load of apps that they wanted and they felt that it'd make sense to have installed. And while we're developing the theme, making sure that, you know, the, the app developers um, support was top notch. So were they responsive to us? Uh, the effort mm. that they went to, to fix the problem. Um, and it's amazing there, there were a few app developers out there that we heard nothing from. Um, so instant, mm -hmm. you know, well, not instant, but over the course of a day or two that we realized, no, this, this isn't the app for us. Um, so I, I think your answer is extremely relevant that if you get in with partners who are actually doing the work and who are at the cold face with merchants, I think that that's a win because I, I can only imagine that I, I now know off, the, off this particular build that I'll have a, a set of apps that do certain things for a merchant that I will then bring with me to the next merchant build because I know that they're performant and, and all that. And um, so it certainly is a, a real viable channel to, to do it. And the hard part then for an app developer is getting in contact with these people. So I, I definitely mm -hmm. recommend going to local meetups. Um, you'll get the merchants there, but you also you'll get one or two partners for the area. And, and then certainly reaching out to them online, seeing where they are. Like there's the Facebook groups, there's the Slack channels, that sort of stuff um, to get on there and get notified, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've always said and thought that um, one of the Shopify's biggest competitive advantages over all the other e-commerce platforms is its ecosystem and just how generally friendly and open and welcoming people are in the ecosystem so um definitely getting getting into that and whether it's going to a meetup and speaking there or or like you were saying facebook slack channels um making making and building a network and not being um salesy about it or anything like that but just being being genuine and looking for for people who who have problems that you can solve Exactly. And uh, just a, a comment broadly on, on the ecosystem and the people that work in it. It certainly is definitely um, a really, really nice bunch of people uh, from being at United, meeting yourselves and a bunch of other people as well. You can certainly get that feel for it. You know, um, generally speaking, I think Shopify partners love what they do. They're not in it mm. just to, to grind through it, you know. Um, uh, it's a certain yeah, type of I I absolutely. I mean, Unite always feels it feels like a, a holiday uh, for for me. Um, the <laughs> yeah, um, and I was I was over in um, in Birmingham a couple of months ago for the first day with Shopify event. So they're they're sort of mini partners conference that they're touring around the world, um, and that was that was the same thing. It was just a really positive um, atmosphere and um, being partner focused. I guess no one's there trying to sell themselves to merchants, and you can just share stuff and and have a drink and have a chat and it's um yeah it's a really positive positive Fantastic. ecosystem yeah have you gotten your unite 2018 tickets i do i do have mine i'll be i'll be there um yeah i've got to focus on um we have a, a day with shopify in melbourne down here in uh, in a few weeks um depending on when this podcast Great. is going out um but uh be yeah before well. then <laughs> yeah oh good oh good um yes i'm uh, i'm speaking at that as well um so that'll be that'll be good fun um 
there's plenty of Shopify, and we, and we run the Shopify meetups down here in Melbourne as well. So there's always plenty of uh, Shopify event action going on. Oh, I've got great. so much merch; it's ridiculous. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so, th- th- getting onto the piece of advice for budding app developers or existing app developers out there, what do you think, in your mind, is the one kind of critical piece of advice uh, for app developers? Yeah, I think we we touched on it earlier, I think, when we were talking about really connecting with, with merchants. So before you jump into anything, making sure you understand what a problem is that you're that you're trying to solve. Um, there's there's really yeah, there's really no point just coming spending three months building an app and then rocking up one day and saying, Now my app's for sale and never having had a merchant give feedback on it or tell you that this is actually a problem. Um, and and there are there are so many so many merchants with so many problems that um, that you just never think about until you start working with them and you uncover them. Um, so yeah, I really do think that that's that's the the big one. I think the the second one is to when when you're selecting what app you want to build, um, you really should be trying to avoid I think building an app that is going to be useful for everyone all the time. It's it's a really big goal, um, but it's really not, um, especially if you're starting out as an app developer, it, it's a bit too ambitious and you risk biting off more than you can chew. And you're probably also going to be in a competitive market. So um, there are, there are a few apps, things like email marketing software, abandoned cart recovery, um, uh, email pop-ups, they, they're the sort of things where you could think, oh, yeah, I can see how 70 to 80% of merchants would be using that app. Um, so I think that's going down that route is maybe not the best idea for your first app for a couple of reasons. The first one being that, yes, there is a lot of competition in that space because everyone has kind of been thinking about that. Um, but then the second thing is you're also at a pretty high risk of that being something that Shopify will build into its core. Um, so Shopify is always had said their their philosophy is to what they want in Shopify core is what 80% of merchants will need most of the time. So if something's a bit more niche, um, so uh, I, I think probably recurring orders and subscriptions is a really good example of that, even though a lot of merchants um, do use that, it's still not you know, 80% plus of merchants. So for Shopify, they're happy to leave that to the app ecosystem. Something like um, abandoned carts, not so much. That is something that that originally was only done by apps, but um, is now, uh, I mean, for quite a while now, it's been in the um, in the Shopify core. But um, yeah, I can. There's definitely some features in the in the pipeline that are going to make um, some apps somewhat redundant. Um, and if you're building something for 80% of merchants, then you run that risk. So you're much better off finding a, a very specific niche, um, you know, something like, you know, 5% or 10% of, of merchants um, and building an app that's perfectly tailored to them. You then know exactly who your audience is. You can target all of your marketing material towards those specific customers and their specific use case. And um, I think that's a much better way to go about it, especially um, when you're starting out and building, say, your first app for the App Store. Great. And I, I'd kind of add on to that piece of advice that um, before you write a line of code that you really should 
validate the idea as on paper uh, as, as, as much as you can uh, because it could save months of development and the cost of actually developing as well uh, you don't want to have that perfect app built and no one installing it um, that that's that's a nightmare scenario um, so would you have any strategies then for uh, or advice for apps or app developers looking to validate an idea my, my one would be go talk to a partner uh, find yeah a partner I mean, in your area I think leveraging the um, leveraging the ecosystem and the networks again. So um, the the Slack channels, the Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, say I'm building an app to solve this problem. Do you have it? Like, can we? Can I? Can I jump on a Skype call for 15 minutes with you and just pick your brain and get merchants and get partners onto that? Um, and I think you would be if a merchant's sitting in a Facebook group and they see someone saying, "Oh, I'm I'm building a, uh, an app to solve." you know deal, uh, dealing up royalties um dealing out royalties to artists uh, and if there's someone with that problem they're going to be very interested in that so i think that's yeah a great way to go about it definitely canvassing the the community as a as a first step yeah and i think um that this is probably true for app development in general that you know there's millions of ideas out there um, and i think being super guarded around your idea not necessarily is a good thing because the, the what what it takes to realize an idea versus having an idea and not sharing it is two vastly different things so i think that developers shouldn't be so guarded around ideas if you have an idea for an app talk about it and um, because chances are that in your mind or the work that you've done to it there's no other competitor unless they have the resources can build this before you if you have that drive so i'd say um chat about your ideas there's there's no harm in it especially in these environments where there are app developers and uh, and partners you know who be, might be willing to help you out with it yeah absolutely everyone's so busy they don't have time to build their own ideas let alone yours so Precisely um, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the perfect way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it so don't be afraid yeah so um i, I think we're nearly on on time there um so can you tell us where we can find you online at uh, twitter Facebook, your website, yes. all those lovely I, places. I am at Gavin Ballard on, on Twitter, um, website gavinballard.com, or um, if you're interested in custom app dev, you can find us at discolabs.com. Um, I think the one final thing that I'd just like to, to plug is the Shopify Commerce Awards, which are, are coming up. Oh, yes. um, you have until the end of, end of the year to submit um, an entry into the the Shopify Commerce Awards. There's a, a few different categories in um, design, uh, UX and UI, uh, marketing and branding, and then uh, the category that I am judging, which is apps in development. Um, so there are a few different categories in in the apps in development um, section, and uh, yeah, the 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 winners get a whole bunch of stuff, I believe. Uh, tickets to Unite, um, some some nice dinners, and um, obviously a fair bit of publicity. So uh, yeah, if, if you're an app developer and you've got something cool, I would really encourage you to, to submit your um, entries in the Commerce Awards. And where can we see the Commerce Awards? Is there a website link? Uh, yes, I believe it is just shopify.com forward slash Commerce Awards. Um, I'll drop you the link for the show notes. Great stuff, okay. Thank you very much, Gavin, for coming on. It's been a, a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Developer Podcast. For more developer stories and insights, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.